Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Roth. Hey everyone, it's been a long week full of long work days for me. Hopefully at this point, all of you have gone over to our YouTube channel and checked out the video version of episode 46 by now. If you haven't, you really should. The video took a long time to put together, but I think that it very clearly and simply breaks down how all of the sector data affects this case. As I mentioned on Friday's follow-up, that video took up most of my time this week. So what I'm doing with this episode today is putting out some of the info that I need to present to you, but it doesn't really fit into any particular episode. Most of the stuff has been repeatedly referenced by the group of people who have been convinced of Robert and Christian's guilt since the very beginning and haven't been moved at all by all of the stuff that we've discovered over the course of this year. In fact, I reached out personally to one listener who has commented several times about things that they think the audience should know about the defendants. I asked her directly which things she would like to hear this week. My initial thought was to title this episode, The Ugly, because that's how these materials have been discussed. But after spending all day today reviewing these items, I can't even call it that. None of it has anything to do with the crime itself. At best, it gives you an idea of Robert and Christian's character. But before I even get into all of that stuff, the first segment of this episode is very important. I'm going to fully break down the last two calls made by Robert and explain what they mean for the state's case. And I just discovered something very interesting in another document that I need to share with you that I'm going to talk about first as well. After that, I'll get into the hodgepodge of materials, and I'm sure some of you noticed that this is a very long episode. That's because after I'm done talking, which will probably be about 30 minutes, then I'm going to play a very long interview that I was asked to share. This is Season 12, Episode 47, Character. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to the dish and hello to Sky Stream, the new way to get Sky over Wi-Fi. So you can get unmissable Sky shows like The Last of Us and Succession, as well as Netflix and Discovery Plus, and loads more. 
all in one subscription for £26 a month. Oh, and next day delivery with no upfront fee. Skystream. TV simplified. Head to sky.com. Requires Skystream and broadband minimum speed 10 megabits per second. 18 month minimum term. Cut off times apply for next day delivery. Excludes bank holiday. 18 plus terms apply. For this first segment, I want to briefly explain the last five minutes of the sector data video. Even if you watch the video, you need to hear all this. The last few minutes of that video break down Robert's call to check his voicemail at 10.23 p.m. I didn't cover these calls in last week's episode. That 10.23 call to voicemail presents a massive problem for the state now that we have the sector data. In practical terms, there are some hoops that you can maybe jump through that can make that call barely fit into the state's narrative. But when it comes to trial evaluation for habeas, I think that the state's in serious trouble. And here's why. At trial, all that was presented was that at 10.23 p.m., Robert checked his voicemail and connected to Tower 88. Now, this should have already been a problem for the state if it was presented properly, because it fits perfectly with what Robert and Christian said they were doing that night. And it's a big stretch to make it fit into the state's narrative. So here's how the state handled the situation. They knew that Becky's body couldn't have been lit on fire any earlier than 9.46 p.m. And they knew that Robert was all the way up at the north end of the valley connected to Tower 88 at 10.23 p.m., which meant that in order for the guys to not be alibied and cleared completely, they needed to find a way for the guys to be in both places, the crime scene at 9.46 and at the north end of the valley at 10.23. Now, all you have to do is punch the route from the crime scene to the furthest reach of the Tower 88 coverage area into Google Maps and you'll see that it's a 52-minute drive, which means the guys are innocent, no question about it. They couldn't be on Alpine Drive lighting Becky on fire at 9.46 and then be at the intersection of Ramon and Date Palm 37 minutes later. It's not even close. There's a 15-minute difference between the time it takes to make that drive and the state's window of opportunity. Occam's Razor would tell you that they've got the wrong guys. Because the phone data fits with exactly what they said they were doing. Hanging out at Christian's house, then going to James Workman to play paintball, and then taking Robert home. Tower 88 covers both Christian's house and James Workman. But the state was determined to make their case against Robert and Christian, so investigator Bodmer made several attempts to make the drive in the 37-minute window. And he was eventually able to do it. Well, almost. He made it in 38 minutes. Now, as I've said many times before, this drive test is nonsense. This is actually the simplest part of this case, the part that clearly alibis Robert and Christian. Bodmer made that drive in 38 minutes, knowing that he had zero risk of being pulled over or given a ticket. When you look at the transcript of the drive, he is hauling ass through very busy stretches of road. But more importantly, 38 minutes isn't the real amount of time that he had to work with. I know I've said it a hundred times, but Elaine Pope testified that Becky had been burning for 20 minutes. That's what her report shows. And later conceded that it could possibly have been up to 30 minutes. So fine, we'll work with 30. But we really should be working with 20 minutes. And then there's not even a question here. But if we work with a 30-minute burn time, that still means that the guys would have had to have immediately, like that very second, 
get into their car and burn rubber out of there. If they had to walk to the end of the driveway to get in the car, then they're alibied. If they took 30 seconds to catch their breath before pulling away, they're alibied. Bodmer's 38-minute drive, which, by the way, is already one minute too long, depends on the guys having the car in gear and leaving that scene within seconds of lighting that fire. So if the fire was started at 9.46 and not 9.56, as Pope concluded originally, and the guys immediately jumped in their car, and they had the pedal to the metal from that very second, they would have been doing all of that after three people had already called the fire department and were on their way to the scene, and none of those people reported seeing a car. There was, in fact, only one vehicle seen driving erratically away from the crime scene that night, but it was a red truck, not a white Acura. So let's just say that all of that did happen. They lit the fire at 946, immediately jumped into their car, and floored it to flee the scene, and no one saw the car, no one saw any headlights, no one saw any brake lights. Let's just say all of that happened. Now you have to believe that halfway through the drive, Robert had cell service again as he was approaching the valley, and that he passed by the coverage areas of five cell towers and finally decided to check his voicemail at the very second that he came into the range of the sixth tower. And the mental gymnastics don't stop there. You can't really appreciate this next part without looking at the map. Remember, Christian picked Robert up at home, which means Robert needs to be dropped back off at home. The route that Bodmer takes literally goes right past Robert's house. Once Bodmer hits the valley floor in his drive test, he heads northwest on Highway 111. Robert lives a mile off of 111, about halfway up the valley to Christian's house. So now you have to believe that they would drive 15 minutes past Robert's house to the north all the way to Christian's house to hit Tower 88. And that's not even the big problem. The big problem doesn't come in until now. At trial, Bodmer's drive test was made to make sense, as long as you're ignoring everything that I just mentioned, because all the jury knew was that Robert's phone connected to Tower 88 on that call. But now we have the sector data. And as far as I'm concerned... That drive test should be thrown out completely. Tower 88 is located about a half mile east of Christian's house and a mile north. It's north-northwest of James Workman. So Christian's house is south-southwest of the tower. And we know now that Robert's phone connected to Sector 1 of Tower 88, which has an azimuth of 110 degrees. If you look on your clock face, that's at about 345, or east-southeast. It's pointed completely the wrong direction to cover Christian's house or Date Palm Avenue at all, which is the route Bodmer took. It covers James Workman, where the guys said they were, but it doesn't cover one inch of Bodmer's drive test, which means that the state used that drive test to show the jury that Robert and Christian could, in this insane version of events, made it back to the Tower 88 coverage area by 1023. But the sector data shows that that drive test was completely invalid. It showed how they could have connected to Sector 2, but they never connected to Sector 2. Robert made the call, 
from the Sector 1 coverage area, the sector that covers James Workman where he said he was. The problem gets worse when you consider Robert's next call, which we've never discussed. So he made the call to voicemail connected to the sector that covers James Workman at 10.23 p.m. Exactly 20 minutes after that, at 10.43 p.m., Robert called his girlfriend. And on that call, all we knew before was that he was connected to Tower 707. But now we know he was connected to Tower 707, Sector 1 the sector that covers his house and points away from Christian's house and from James Workman. Here's the problem. We now know that Bodmer's route was impossible, and that's really all that will matter as far as a habeas goes. The state can't present, well, we could have done another drive test because they didn't do another drive test. A specific piece of evidence was used to prove guilt, and that piece of evidence is invalid. But like I said, there's a way to try to make it fit. One of our listeners, Andrew Nielsen, took a different route. From 74, he went straight north on Monterey up to the interstate, then up to Ramon, then over to Date Palm. That's the route that took Dr. Shiloh 44 minutes. And she wasn't driving slow. She was in a car made for off-roading, and she had me terrified for most of the trip. And by the way, Andrew was in the car during that trip, so he got to witness that. So I would say that route is not possible. But Andrew, who happens to be a retired Riverside sheriff, made the drive and did it in the allotted time. He actually posted the video of him doing so in our Facebook group. And you'll see that, one, he did it. And two, he was driving like a maniac, literally flying up on people's bumpers on the switchbacks until they pulled out of his way. So let's now say that everything I mentioned earlier happened. The stars have aligned. Somehow Christian drove a car that only has four inches of ground clearance just as fast as Andrew drove his truck through Pinion Pines, and somehow he made it to the spot on Ramon where Tower 88 Sector 1 connects in the 37 minutes that he needs to. Now, you have to explain what the hell they were doing there to begin with. Because again, what needs to be happening is for Robert to get dropped off at home. And at this point, the guys would have made a huge loop all the way around the valley around Robert's house. So they entered the valley south of his house, drove all the way around it to the east, and now they would be sitting 15 minutes north of his house. The suggestion has been made over and over again that they were going to Christians, that maybe they were going to clean up or change or take a shower. But that doesn't work. From the point of that connection, you still got about another four or five minutes to get to Christian's house. You have to get through the light on Ramon and Date Palm and another light at Date Palm and 30th and then drive to his house from there. So that's just to get from the connection to Christian's house, and then from Christian's house to Robert's house is a 15-minute drive. So yes, if you're keeping track, that 5-minute drive plus the 15-minute drive equals 20 minutes, which again matters because Robert is home calling his girlfriend 20 minutes after that connection. So there's technically enough time to do that, but just barely. So the question is again, why would they be going to Christian's to begin with? To pull into the driveway and pull right back out and go to Robert's? There's not enough time there for them to change clothes, much less take a shower or clean themselves up. And let's not forget the stop for Chapstick at the AMPM. Now, sadly, that was never verified by LeClaire, but that stop would completely rule out Andrew's route as well, even with the crazy driving. And even with that, that assumes that Robert called his girlfriend 
the very second that he got to his grandmother's house, which, by the way, it's mentioned in the video, but his grandmother's house is right across the street from his mom's house. So when I say home, it's one of those two places. But he would have had to make that second the minute he walked through the door. No walking in and saying hi to his cousin. It's not giving his cousin the chapstick. He'd have to be making the call as he's walking through the door. And there can't be a stop at the gas station for there even to be a prayer of them being at that crime scene when Becky was lit on fire. And that's if all of those other factors are true. Now, I know that there are a handful of you that are going to refuse to hear anything that doesn't fit your theory of guilt. But for the rest of you, those of you who don't have a bias and are looking at this case objectively, I want to know what you think. Robert and Christian both said that they were headed to church, they called on the way, found out it was too late for mass, then they headed back to Christian's house, then they went to James Workman to mess with the paintball gun. After that, while still a James Workman, Robert saw a text from his cousin asking him to get chapstick. They left from James Workman, stopped at the AMPM, and Christian dropped Robert off at his grandma's house. They said all of that when they didn't even know this phone evidence existed. Their attorneys didn't even know it existed at trial or during direct appeal. And then here we come, 17 years later, looking at this sector data for the first time, and every single call, every single ping, every single sector connection matches up perfectly with what they said they were doing. So I'm wondering, which seems more likely to you? The sequence of events, just as the guys described, which is confirmed by the phone evidence, or are you willing to assume that these teenage boys committed these murders that night and did so without creating one single piece of evidence that they ever left the valley that night. Let me say that again, because this is the cold, hard truth. There is zero evidence that Robert and Christian ever left the valley on the night of the murders. None. So you're going to have to determine how much weight you want to apply to a business card laying out in the desert with degraded DNA on it, compared to the cell phone location data that shows that the guys could not have been there at the time of the murders. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mm-hmm. 
right, now I've got a bit of random stuff for you. First, I want to briefly touch on something that came up right before we recorded the follow-up this week. I actually mentioned it on the show and promised to talk about it in today's episode. Listener Christina had asked me about the warrant that was referenced in the sector data that was requested by Willis. I looked it up just to answer her question and actually found something of interest. I posted the document on our website, but what I noticed is, when Bump and Sarah requested Robert's cell phone records, less than two weeks after the murders, he specifically requested Robert's voicemails. And when you look at the document, you'll see where he typed in bold that he's requesting incoming calls, outgoing calls, and voicemails. Those voicemails should have been available from what I understand. Becky had a different carrier, but LeClaire wasn't able to get her voicemails from Singular because her sister had closed the account before he requested them. He said that was the reason that they couldn't give them to him, because they deleted them and they no longer existed. But Robert's account was still active at the time. So my first question was, where are the voicemails? Becky called Robert four times that night, all four times they went to voicemail. And what we see is that Bump and Sarah requested them, the judge ordered them, but they're not in the file. The second thing I noticed is that Verizon makes no references to the voicemail in their response to the warrant. We see in the sector data response in 2007 that Verizon was unable to send an electronic version of the call detail reports, but they explained in their response and wrote that they would be printing them and mailing those records. So it seemed odd to me that a judge ordered Verizon to produce the voicemails and that they would just ignore that request and not provide any explanation. And that's when I noticed something really odd. The fax machine prints at the top of the page the number of pages in the fax and the page number of each individual page. So the cover sheet, for example, says it's page 1 of 14. The problem is the second page of the document says page 3 of 14. Page 2 is missing. So draw whatever conclusion you'd like, but these are the facts. The judge ordered Verizon to produce Robert's voicemails. Verizon said a response that included everything but the voicemails. The voicemails aren't in the file. Bumpensero never seems to have followed up looking for the missing voicemails. And there's a page missing from the Verizon production. Now I'm going to move on to the list of items that I was asked to present. Firstly, a listener pointed out to me that I was wrong when I said that the DNA report regarding the male profiles on Becky's sock was marked CODIS ready. And she's right. That's not exactly accurate. At the bottom of the page, there's a checkbox that asked if the results should be uploaded to CODIS, and that box was checked. To be very clear, I'll quote the listener who wanted me to clear that up. She said, quote, that's not the same as saying CODIS ready. So there you have it. I apologize for misstating that. It doesn't say CODIS ready. A box is checked that says it could be uploaded to CODIS. We also heard from our DNA expert that the profiles are solid and have plenty of data to qualify for CODIS, which I would assume is why the analyst checked the box, because it was ready for CODIS. So I hope that clears that up. This listener also wanted me to make sure that I share with you all that Christian is racist, homophobic, and Robert is obsessed with guns and fire. She didn't mention this, but it's also been mentioned to me several times on Facebook that at the end of boot camp, Christian was excited to go kill people. So here's the thing. 
My promise to all of you is that by the end of the season, you'll have the entire case file, just like every season. So this stuff does need to come out. And I'm putting it all out there today because I don't know where else to put it. As of this recording, I haven't been able to locate the pictures of Robert with guns and fire. I'm hoping to find them in the file by the time this airs, and if I do, they'll be up on the website. If not, I'm sure someone will direct me to them after hearing this, and then I'll get them up. There's also a MySpace post where he says that he's gone through six boxes of matches in a day. Same story there. When I find it, I'll post it. I've seen it, so I know it's in there, but apparently I'm terrible at keyword searches because I can't find it. What I did find is a set of letters that Christian wrote to his then-girlfriend, now-wife Jackie, when he was in boot camp in 2008. I read through every word of them today, and I'd be lying if I said I was comfortable sharing them. To be fully transparent, I hate being in this position. I have to make judgment calls every day on this show. Sometimes I do determine that something is just too personal to share. A good example is Robbie Hayward's interview. There's nothing relevant to the crime in the interview, and he doesn't deserve for the whole world to hear him finding out for the first time that his father is dead. These letters fall into that same category as far as I'm concerned. These are deeply personal letters that Christian was writing to the love of his life during the physical, mental, and emotional struggles of boot camp. They weren't written for anybody but Jackie. And there is absolutely nothing about this crime in those letters. Nothing. Even if the listener's assessment of him being racist and homophobic were true, our victims were three straight white people. So I'm telling you this because I want to be 100% honest with all of you. If there wasn't a group that already had these letters and has already posted them for the world to read, I probably wouldn't share them with you. And some of you may not like that, but that's the truth. I literally feel sick to my stomach even talking about a soldier's intimate letters to his wife-to-be. But like I said, they're already out there and posted, and I won't give any ammunition to the baseless accusations of me hiding evidence to fit a narrative. So I'm going to post them. And despite what some may think, My reluctance has nothing to do with making Christian look bad. It's because these words weren't meant for us. There are 40 pages of letters here, and they're all up on our website if you want to read them. I'm not going to read them to you. If you choose to read them, what you're going to see is a 20-year-old young man going through the most difficult experience of his young life, while at the same time being scared to death that doing so is going to cost him the person that he loves more than anything in the world. You're going to see an evolution from an excited new cadet to a man who's been programmed to kill the enemy. It is completely unfair to take a single sentence out of one of these letters and use that to define who a person is. That's why I'm posting all of them. Those that are determined to smear this man's character want you to know that while trying to assure his girlfriend, a woman of color by the way, that she has no reason to worry about him with other women at boot camp or to be jealous, Christian said that the only women there are the lunch ladies, and they're all fat, black, and look like convicts. That's where he's racist. I apologize for the use of this word, but I'm quoting here, because in another spot, he called Heath Ledger a fag. That's where he's homophobic. And he tells Jackie that he qualified as a marksman, so she doesn't have to worry about his ability to kill the piece of shit in his sights during battle. That's where he's a killer. I have one more thing to share after this next ad break. As I mentioned earlier, the listener who asked for the stuff to be shared wanted for all of you to hear Becky's friend Claire say in an interview 
that around a year before this crime occurred, while he was still dating Becky, Robert went shooting with John Hayward up in the mountains. So I'm going to play that whole interview for you. It's about an hour long. I put the entire thing at the end of this episode. If you want to listen to all of it, go ahead. But you can really consider it a bonus and do not feel obligated to listen to the whole thing if you don't want to. The talk about shooting guns happens in the first couple of minutes. But the whole thing is there if you want to listen to it. Now, listen closely. You all know who you are. This is the end of the oxygen that you get from me. I've listened. I've tried to have healthy conversations and debates. But over these last few weeks, it has become abundantly clear to me that this is all just a game for you. This is the reality of the situation. Robert and Christian are innocent men. The cell phone sector evidence shows they never left the valley that night, and it proves that they absolutely could not have been on the crime scene when Becky's body was lit on fire. And I know damn well that you're perfectly willing to ignore all of that, and even probably laugh about it and ridicule it. Those are the facts. I know that you hold on to that stuff because of some hatred you have for me. So go ahead and continue to try to drag these men through the mud. And while you're doing so, you should be thanking your lucky stars that every word you said when you were 20 years old isn't being used to define you. Robert and Christian did not commit this crime. The evidence clearly proves that. The men that you put so much effort into hating are right now locked in prison cells away from their families. But they're not sulking. They're using their time to help the men around them. In the five years that they've been in prison, they have led dozens of groups to help rehabilitate other inmates. They've taken classes to get certified to lead AA and NA groups, even though neither of them have ever been addicts, because there was no one else to do it, so they stepped up. They've taken college courses because they know that they're innocent, and they believe in their hearts that someday this will get made right, and they'll get to go home to their families and lead a normal life again. Christian fought for our country and nearly lost his arm protecting his fellow soldiers. He used his body to shield the men he was fighting with from bullets and shrapnel. He was awarded two Purple Hearts and a Medal of Valor for his honor and bravery. And when he came home, he was arrested and ripped away from his family before his arm was even done healing. For his efforts and sacrifice, a crooked district attorney lied and manipulated evidence and sent him away for life because that district attorney just needed to close this high-profile case. I've said it three times today, and I'm going to say it again. The evidence proves these men are innocent. If you can show me evidence to the contrary, as always, I'm all ears. And I'm always open to a mature discussion. Beyond that, before this season ends, as always, I'll invite one representative from the guilty side of this argument to come on the show and make your case. So be thinking about who that might be. But you better come with evidence and not ridicule. Because I'm done playing your game. I know you talked to um, Scott over on Monday. I can imagine it. Um, all we're really going to do is, um, we've been talking with a whole bunch of people, 
and names have come up, and I just kind of want to get your feedback on on some people since you're, you know, like these good friends. Um, Class, since we talked to um, Detective Michaels on Monday, has anything else come to mind that maybe you forgot or just thought of recently that you need to add? I'm going to go ahead and read what she's going to ask you whatever that I could. I can't ask you one question before you help. Okay, no problem. Oh. <laughs> I did uh, remember that Robert's ex-boyfriend went shooting one time and went to her stepdad. That's all I'm saying about that. Was that his stepdad? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm sure like, he would know why, you know. Well, let's talk about Robert. Okay. Um, what can you tell me about um, I don't know a lot about her. I know that she met him in high school. He went to attend high school with him. And um, I don't know much about him. I just uh, I had no reason not to like him, though, but I just kind of stayed away from that because it was a boyfriend. Was that a problem that they're higher? Okay. Were you a friend of Robert? No. Do you know his No. Um, how do we know we're talking about the same Robert? Is there something significant so we know um, Robert? Robert, he's a year younger than us. Graduated from Studio City High School. You know what it is? Robert at Studio City off of the wall. Okay. Um, he dated Becky? Yes. Um, how long ago? Um, probably about eight months ago. Okay. Um, did Becky tell you anything specific about Robert? As far as, you know, how the relationship went, why the relationship ended, anything that significant happened in the relationship? Um, they broke up because there was another girl or his ex-girlfriend uh, who wanted to be back with her. So they broke up and then he tried to get back with her and she didn't want to go with him again. And uh, that was a while ago. Becky didn't want to go back with him again or his ex didn't? Uh, Becky did. What's his ex-girlfriend's name? I think her name is... It's either Sarah or Katie. I don't know. I'm both of them. Okay. Sarah and Katie. And I know that the day before, he called her. And she hadn't heard from her too much. And she said that was really good. She said that was Robert. It was weird that Robert called Becky? Yeah. When did she tell you that? Um, the day before. Um, the day before. The day before the fire? Saturday? Yes, yeah, Saturday. What did she say exactly, if you remember? Uh, she said that she called me last night, and she said to me, she said to Robert, and she was surprised and scared for me. She said that he wanted to get together, but she didn't tell me if she was going to or not. Yeah. Um, do you have anything planned for the future, Robert and Becky? Um, not that I know of. Uh, a friend of ours, Javi, told me that he was supposed to go up there that day and go hiking with Becky. Is that kind of abnormal? Yeah. Would Becky tell you if Robert was going to come over and go hiking? Um, I don't think she would have because, you know, I didn't, I mean, I, there was no reason for me not to like him. I just automatically, I guess, made a first judgment. And um, so, of course, if I didn't like it, she didn't want to tell me about it. Why was it so odd that he called her all of a sudden? Um, because they hadn't talked in very four months. They said, oh, you know, I'm Did she say how Robert came about contacting her all of a sudden? Yeah, I called her on her cell phone. 
the medicine thing. So. I mean, did they see each other recently, or did someone, a friend of a friend, see each other recently that kind of brought back memories that made them get in contact? Um, did you guys, you and Becky, ever see Robert in town at the movies? No, she was talking about how weird it would be if she saw him. Um, what about any of his friends or his family? Um, I know his best friend's name Christian. He always hung out with his family, but she ended up telling you. They would have to talk about him and shake that word. Do you know um, Christian's last name? Um, so tell me more about Robert going shooting with who? Um, his stepdad. Okay. Is that John? Yeah, that's John. Okay. Um, or her mom's boyfriend. Um, they, uh, she told me that Robert was thinking of getting a gun, and she didn't like that. This is when they were together? And this is when they were together. And then I, I'm guessing he got one. Maybe he has one, maybe he just used John's, but she said that Robert didn't have a good relationship with his father, and so... John was taking Robert shooting. When did that happen? When they were still together. Okay. Do you know where they went shooting at? I'm up in the mountains, where Becky lived. Okay. Um, was Becky a hiker? Um, not really. She would go out, I mean, probably watch, like, watch her flash out around, but not really hiking. Well, what's the deal with, you know, all that land in the back of Becky's house? What's the deal with all that back there? Did Becky, when I say hiking, I mean, maybe she just went out and hung out out there. Did she do that? Um, her mom was out there a lot. It was her mom's turn. Yeah, she would go out there. I'm talking like way off in the field, like towards the hills. Um, there was a spot she liked that it was on a big rock back there. Yeah. Becky walked back straight. How far from the house? Probably a good 10-minute walk, 10 to 2 minutes, and there was a walk and another walk. There are two big rocks, and you could see a lot of trees up there. You could see a lot of them. So like a van up there or something, or a car? Okay. Yeah. I know where the hill, the hill side is, in her, and you're walking in her backyard, in the right. backfield, whatever. Way out there, maybe a couple of miles. Right. It's the big hill. Right. Um, does she ever go out to the hill itself? Um, I think so. Now, where is the van located in relation to that? The hillside or the mountain, whatever you call it. Oh, the, the van would just be in the driveway, except maybe up a little bit more. The driveway of what? Of uh, her house. Uh, Drew would park close to the garage, and that car just stayed there. It was uh, the black Mustang just stayed there. So the van's on her property? I'm talking about a van that's like out in the hills. Oh, no. Some abandoned vehicle way out. Big purple? Possibly. Just some abandoned vehicle way out in the middle of nowhere where someone may just go out and hang out. Not one that would be at her house. It'd be far from her house? No. Okay. Um, do you know of any um, guys that are in the military that Becky would hang out with or call? 
Um, I know that Drew introduced her to someone in the military, but I don't know anything about her at all. How long ago was that? Um, I think she probably about two months ago. I think the last time Drew was out there, I think that's when she I don't, I don't know anything about her. Well, Drew hasn't been here for five months. Okay. So, it was, I'm guessing the last time she was there, I guess. Was this like one of Drew's friends? Yes. Okay, so Becky hasn't, as far as you know, Becky hasn't met any guys that are in the Marines or anything on her own? No, she didn't work at Denny's, so. I mean, if she, if she met a guy and thought he was cool or cute or whatever, she wouldn't tell you? I uh, probably, yeah, she would. She never told me about him. Have you ever called over to your house and um, her mom and um, her mom's boyfriend said she's out hiking or off in the back field somewhere? I know they didn't answer the phone. If, if she didn't answer the phone, they didn't answer the phone. Why not? Yeah. They figured it was the best thing. <laughs> was there an answer machine? Yes. And if you want to get a hold of her parents, she would just yell to the answering machine. So they screened all their calls, basically? What I'm trying to figure out here, Claire, is if Becky had a reason or if it was normal for her to wander around out in the desert behind her house. Um... It's, it's hard to say. There's been a few times, like it's never something regular, but we've gone out there before. Okay. What would you so, do out there? Talk. Okay. She likes she likes the being up in that mountain. She likes the wilderness. The water. The the just the wilderness. Like, the like wilderness. go to the campgrounds and hang out there. Can you walk the campground from her house? No. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty close, so it's just a little bit. Yeah. Um, did she ever go out there by herself? Off into the wilderness? Or? Not that I know of. What about at nighttime? No. She went out there at nighttime? Out walking, out far and definitely. We're not sure if there was a Even if she was with somebody, she went out at night? Um, probably there was someone there with her, but definitely not that. I know you guys are you know, good friends, and one thing we're looking for um, in good friends, a lot of times they tell secrets, yeah. you know, and one of the reasons we're here is to try to find out, you know, some of her secrets, some of her personal things that she may not tell everyone, that she just may tell and she likes you, yeah. um, because we want to understand her lifestyle, we want to understand Becky better because that will help us um, find out who did this. Um, and although you may want you may not want to really compromise any secrets that we guys have, it may be very important that you tell us um, because it may fit in with our investigation somehow. So are there any secrets or personal information you know? That's, that's the weird thing is really anything I think she would have told me. Like we were that kind of friend, you know, like any personal, personal secrets we would talk to each other. But um, her family was very, 
she was a very giving person, a very careless person of herself, always wanted to make everyone else happy. She was very busy, always she had like 12 units in school to look at Jenny, but she wasn't afraid to tell somebody if they made her mad. Like she was very kind about of people she cared about, but if you treated her bad, she would talk that right back to you. Mm-hmm. And she was a fighter. So, or not, not a fighter where she would go fight people, but she would definitely defend herself to the fullest. And uh, if she wasn't doing that, but she, and her, her family was very quiet, very, like I know since I was little, just worked, came home, and stayed at the house the rest of the day. Were not very kind and just, to themselves. Do you know if, uh, is Becky ever been pregnant? No. Okay. Um, what about, um, Javier, Javier Garcia? Yes. He's a friend of yours? Yes. Um, what can you tell me about him? Um, he's, he's just a very nice guy. Always with, uh, he hangs with us a lot. A lot, definitely cares about her a lot. What's their relationship? I'm just, just friends. Anytime I would try to make it anything more, like I would ask him because I thought, you know, that it was a little odd. And I always was good with him. You know, we hung out and he was a nice guy. And, uh, but she would just feel like, no, absolutely not. Like she was, we're just friends. Why do you think that is? Um, they have a they have a very unique personality, but their personalities fit together. Like they they just got along really well. Mm-hmm. It was a very unique. Did you ever talk to Javier about his feelings towards her? Um, no, but I really I don't I really don't think it was anything anything special. Mm-hmm. The way, the way it treated it wasn't like that at all. It was just like a brotherly, a brotherly care for her. Not that he would want to, you know, maybe have Becky as his girlfriend? No, I don't think so. Does he have any girlfriends? No. Not that I know. How long have you known him? Um, probably about five months. How do you guys meet? Through Becky. Okay. Did, um, did Javier tell you where he was at um, on Sunday evening? He said that because um, we went to Target, me and Becky went to Target, and Javier met us there, and then we left. We were just finishing shopping, and we met at my house, and they left together, Javier and Becky did. And he said that he tried to go to hell with her. But he asked her to go to hell, you know, that he was supposed to, because he usually did. And she said no, for him not to come up this time. And she did act a little weird the last few days. Nothing big, but quiet. Why do you think that is? I, I tried to ask her about it one time. I was just like, you know, you're acting really different. So, and she's wanting to stretched out with school and work and... And that's all. I know that she's always, and she'd stay up a lot. Like, she'd work all night at Denny's, stay up because she had an 8 o'clock class, 
So it was very jumbled. She wasn't home a lot. So I'm thinking she was up there. She would have to be someone. Because she stayed down here a lot. She didn't stay home. Yeah. Where would she sleep? Where would she sleep? No, where? She went to school from daytime, work, graveyard. She stopped during the day. Uh, she would just take a little mat down there. And then really seemed to affect her. So I said she'd be tired and then she'd go to sleep for about four or five hours and wake up and do it all over again. You think she was using illegal drugs? Um, I know she smells uh, hot, but, but nothing besides that. How often? Daily. Every day. Why is that? Um, this maybe. There's a chain on board. There's nothing to do out here. Okay. That's what? Mm, that's what we would do. Okay. Is that why you guys would go for like walks outside her house? Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't a it wasn't an issue. Smoking and her family wasn't an Because John knew about it. John knew about it. What about Vicky? Vicky knew about it, but she didn't smoke John's smoke. But Vicky didn't care if Vicky smoked in the house or um no. Do you ever recall smoking with Becky at her house in front of her mom? In front of her mom. Um, I never, but we would talk about being high in front of her mom, but I would never smoke in front of her mom because her mom was like my mom. I don't know, I felt disrespectful to her, so. You guys ever smoke with John? Um, yes. Okay. I asked him, but twice, I wasn't regular, but. I know that Harvey gets it. Do you know where, um, who, who would get it, the weed? Yeah, Becky would. Do you know where she would get it? I did not know where she got it. I know from someone in Cathedral City, but that's, that's all. You never went with her? Mm-mm. I went with her once, and but it was just at a gas station. There's a blonde-haired guy, I don't know his name, don't know. Somebody from school or an older guy or? You know, um, the thing about Becky is we didn't, we hung out together, but when we hung out, it was me and her. We had different friends besides that. Okay, I hung out with different people that she hung out with. So when we're together, it's kind of like our friendship and everything else. I don't know what she meant. You know. Does she owe any, uh, anybody? Money? Or money or anything? No. Is there anybody else? No. Yeah. She, uh, her parents, um, owed her some money. The parents owed Becky money? Mm-hmm. How much? I don't know. I know that she had a really high phone bill, and she was upset about it because she said she has nothing done on irregular. She talked, you know, the same amount. It was a really high phone bill. And, uh, she was talking to John about it, and he said that they would help her out because they owed her money. Yeah, her money for the phone bill or for something else? Um, I'm, I'm thinking of something else. I know that she gave them the blue infinity. It used to be her car and she gave that to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, she helped them out. So you know why they owed her money? I'm thinking uh, I don't know. Did Loki ever talk about loaning? Her parents' money or something? Um, she loaned her parents' money for a car. 
for uh, to help fix up the infinity. Mm-hmm. When was that? Um, she got three times that uh, five months ago. So that's when she changed to the box part that she then has the okay. stuff on. Did um, Becky get any money from like a lawsuit or anything like that? No, her godfather helped her out a lot with money, but I put money in her account for her, you know, just to be nice, you know, make sure she had money. Is that Charles or? Yeah. Yeah, that lives. Chuck. Oh, we call him Chuck. Yeah. And you met him before? Yes. So she never talked to you about, do you, do you recall her ever being in a car accident? Yeah. Did she ever talk to you about that? Um, I know that she was in a few. She was one of her stepmom when we were younger. Um, she almost went into a hole or something. Yeah, she's been in a few. Never none where there was somebody else's fault and she was going to get some money out of it? No. Never heard anything like that? No. Did she ever talk to you about any money that her mom was going to get? No. no. I know that she um so that her relatives had money. But you know, her family didn't, but her, her relatives had money and so they didn't inherit it. And that what? That they would inherit it if something ever happened, but her family didn't have money. Did she say which relatives? Um, her grandma. I don't know which from which side I'm getting her mom. So her grandmother didn't play. Are you talking about Yeah. They kind of stayed away from the family. Everyone was saying a Barbara. And um, her mom was a little um, offset, I guess you can say. But she was very nice. I, I don't think she was involved in anything. I know that when she was younger, she was honest with us. You know, she said that she used to be when she was younger. Becky's and, mom or? Yeah, Becky's mom. But I definitely don't think she did it anymore. Definitely what about, that messed her up. What about John? Did you ever talk about doing any speed or coke or anything like that? No. But, I mean, John was really, really thin. Really thin. Was he always like that? Yeah. And you've known him for a long time? Well, when you were at Becky's house at any time, did you ever see any of John's friends? They never, they didn't really have people at the house. Ever. Did you ever talk about, I mean, where did John get his weed? From Becky. Okay. Becky would. How much uh, would she buy at a time? Usually about a quarter. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about Sunday again. When uh, you and Beck here shopping at Target, who drove there? I did. Okay, in your car? Yes. What kind of car do you have? That's where it's the one that's front? Okay. So, let's back a little, up a little bit further mm-hmm. in that day. When did she, did she come to your house here? Or yes, she did. About what time did she get here? About 11 o'clock. She was at, she stayed in my house. Okay. Which was usual. And, um, she came over here just to hang out. Okay. And we decided to go to Target. Okay. So you guys, she came here about 11. Did you guys hang out here for a little while? Yeah, we hang out here for a little while. What time did you guys go to Target? Around yeah, 3. Okay. So you guys were here from about 11 till 3. Mm-hmm. And then you guys went to Target, mm-hmm. just you and her? Mm-hmm. And you drove your car there? Yes. Okay, how long were you guys at Target? Probably about half an hour. Okay, did she buy anything? Uh, she bought... She bought me a purse for my birthday, and which is weird because it's it's almost like she knew her whole life. Like ever since I was little, she would talk about how she thought she was going to die a young age, and she never cared about her money. Like it's just it was she always said it was worthless to her. Her money was worthless. Did she say something about dying on Sunday? No, but ever since we were little, she had always said that she thought she was going to die young, and she thought she was going to die in a fire. But that didn't come up on Sunday? So that didn't come up on Sunday. You're just thinking about it because she bought you a purse? Yeah, I'm just thinking about it because, of course, you know, she was such a, she liked to buy everyone stuff. She never bought herself stuff, but she liked to take care of people. Mm-hmm. And it just figures when my birthday's not even in the way, and she still ran away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you guys went to the Target, where at? In Palm Desert. Okay. And you got there, you left her at 3 or got there at 3 or? Uh, we left her around 3. Okay, and you left about a half an hour? Mm-hmm. And then what happened? And then they came back. Did anybody meet you there? Probably met us at our house. Right, here at the house? Yeah. Not at Target? No. Well, he met us at Target, but he brought his own car to Target, so he followed me back to my house. Okay, and did Becky ride with you on the way back here? Yes. Okay, so you guys got back here, you know about what time it was? Um, okay, and then what did you guys do? And then um, we said goodbye in the driveway. She said that she had to go home that day. Okay. So you're here, and Javi's here, and Becky's here? Right. And then... The okay, so you guys just talked outside for a few minutes, and yeah, she took off? She took off by herself? She took off with Javi. And Javi. whose car? And Javi's car. Which car was he driving? Uh, the Dodge Interpin. Silver one? Uh, yes. Okay. So her car was still here then? Not that I, I went out, I don't, I couldn't tell you when they came back and got it. Because when I came inside, I just saw her over by his car. And then I came inside. But you think she left with him? But I think she left with him. You don't remember her getting in his car? Or? I didn't look. I came inside. And Where was she parked at? Um, up in my driveway, right behind my car. Okay, so the last time you saw her that day was talking to Javi? Mm-hmm. 
By whose car? Where was his car at? Uh, parked across from my neighbor's house. He just pulled over to the side. He didn't even get out of the car. Across the street? Yeah. Okay. And then you said goodbye and came in and... Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know if she left with him or if she right. got in her car and took off? Yeah. Did you talk to her after that? Yeah. Okay. And that was about 3.45 or so? And she said she was she had to go home. Why? Yeah, she she didn't um she didn't say, but I'm guessing to see Robert. Okay, well I don't I don't want you to guess. Just that's tell me what you know. That's that's what I know. Did she talk about Robert before that? The day before, she said that he had called her, but nothing of that. And it would make sense that she wouldn't talk to me about him because she didn't like me to be upset. Um, so why do you think that she would go up there to meet him? Because she likes him a lot. Even though she was with Jacob, she talked about that, you know, she liked Jacob, she liked that he created her good, but she really loved Robert. So she was still in love with Robert yeah. the whole time? Yeah. Okay. And as far as you know, there was no plans made where she was supposed to meet with him on Sunday? Yeah. Okay. So looking back at it now, are you just, at the time that she had to go up there, did you think she was going to meet with Robert? I didn't give it a second. She said that a few days before that, she was saying that she was going to try to go home more, spend some more time at home. So they said that you're always, you know, just staying night somewhere, you know, you need to be on a ritual. Mm-hmm. You know, I was worried about it. Okay. So looking at it now is when you're thinking that she's probably going to the third meet Robert? Right. Okay. And then did you talk to Javi at all that night? No. No? Does he ever call you or? Oh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Does Javier ever call on Becky? Yeah. A lot. They they talk a lot (laughs) to each other. Why is that? I mean, it's kind of like I don't know where Bunna is from now. Why is that? I don't know. It's always been that way. Because they're just, you know, Call each other. They're very, you know, unique people. Just call each other real quick. You know, she's the kind of person to call you just to say that she loves you. Or just just calling you real quick to let you know I love you. And that was it. That's the only reason she called. Just to tell you that she loves you. And then she was gone. So she was gone. She was just called for little things. Do you know if Javier ever just kind of goes around or anything? Yeah. What's the deal with that? Uh, Becky likes to drive. She likes to drive. She said that she felt comfortable just, you know, in the, in the car. She likes to drive. She was always driving out of town, you know, to Santa Clarita or Santa Barbara as well as the family. So she's really good. Like she just go driving. She likes to just drive. What about just Javier? Just uh, um, Javier by himself? Yeah. Um, yeah, I could do that. I mean, where, would, I where would he go to just gather around if he was bored? I'm guessing. I I couldn't tell. You. I have no. I know that they sometimes would um drive around a lot at night. He would stay up with her doing one of those sleep. She had to get up in two hours or three hours, and he had nothing to do. Did Javier and Robert know each other? Um, I think they had met each other maybe once, but you know. Well, how did Javier feel 
being so close to Becky, but then Becky all of a sudden had a boyfriend. That was fun. I, 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 I really, I, I keep a very common outlook for Becky because of the way people were always mean to her in school and stuff and always make sure that they're with her for the right reasons because a lot of people would mean to her and stuff. They really seem to just have a genuine, you know, they got along together and... You never noticed anything that may have bothered him because she still cared about Robert so much? No, absolutely not. It was always just hanging out. Never seemed to be bothered by her. Uh-oh. Did, um, on Sunday, Sunday evening, the night before it happened, did anyone call you, um, looking for Becky? No. I woke up uh, Monday morning to a phone call from Janelle saying that uh, Kim lived up in Kenya and that they saw the fire that I found out about it. And then who did you tell? I told Javi. Uh, well, I heard that her parents had talked to whoever was up there firefighting or whatever, and that there was a body. Not whose body, not, you know, so, and I didn't tell him anything about the body losses that her house was uh, burning down or was burned down. And what did he say? He, what? And he was like, I had my phone off all night um, because I tried to call him because I figured he was the first person he would know. And then he was, he was just scared. What time was that that you spoke with Javier? Probably about 11 o'clock. Eleven o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. His phone was off. His phone was off. You tried calling him earlier. Is that what you're saying? Or? Yeah, I tried calling him a few times, but then his phone was uh, back on. I'm guessing it was ringing. Yeah. What time did you first call him? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was about eight o'clock in the morning. After you got the phone call. Mm-hmm. And I called the house. So Danielle called you, and she heard from Kim. Who's Kim? Kim is a girl that used to live up there with her parents. Her parents live up there, and now she lives at Sevilla Apartments in Palm Beach. Okay. And she heard about it from? From her parents. Her parents and called her and told her. Okay, and then you said something about Becky's family. Did you talk to them, or? Um, I didn't talk to them. You said something about a body. Oh, uh, the, her parents. Kim's parents? Kim's parents. Oh, okay. Firefighters and there was a body that no information on him. The firefighters told him that there was a body. So when you tried calling Javi at 8, did his phone ring then too, or did it just go right to voicemail? Or? Uh, it rang. Okay. So I'm here no, he told you he was sleeping and then he woke up at 11 or? Yeah. Okay. Did you leave a message? I mean, what was your message for him? Did you leave a message for him? Did you call anybody else? Yeah. What about um, Jacob? I didn't have Jacob So, as far as you know, um, Becky was never pregnant? Is that something she would have told you? Yeah. So as far as you know, she's never had a miscarriage? You know, 
really, I mean, as, as much as I would hate to say, there's a lot of things just to blur most of the time. We were, you know, I, I do kind of remember her saying that she may have had, but it's really, it's really, I really am trying, I really thought that that she may have had a miscarriage, but I never knew, I never knew it was the truth. I never, you know, I never knew it was the truth. So a lot of times I just disregard them. Do you remember something being talked about about that? You just don't know if it was true or not? Yeah, I just don't know if it was true or not. Didn't know I talk about it. Okay. I probably just uh, thought she did or that she thought she did and she didn't do a lot of it. That she thought she had a miscarriage or? Correct. But, you know, or she but like as far as you know, she never, went, she never went to the hospital or is that something you'd remember? I think I was. I think I was. You can say that. It's dangerous when you guys are getting high, and maybe right. you don't know before right. you were found. Yeah, that's it. Definitely. Because we were together, not so funny. So. Are you still now? No. No. I I went up to Vegas yesterday. I was trying to All right. And I was earlier. Yeah, that's fine. Just well, I know. I was earlier this morning, way earlier than now. I know. Positive. 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 Yeah, I don't have the same question. Some reason we understand the and not because we're on the subject. Right. No, I, I would definitely, I did this morning. Definitely when I, I, I mean, I got up late. It was 11, so probably around 1230. Okay. You know, that's one thing that we've been telling everybody is, you know, I don't care if somebody's cooking 100 pounds of meth a day, okay? That's not my concern. Our concern is to find out who did this and why. Right, I know. I have. And that's why we need people to be so truthful with us. And I know some of the people we're talking to, you know, their parents are very influential, you know, either police officers or, you know, others. And, um, you know, we just can't tell everybody how important it is to be truthful about everything, even little things. No, you I'm, know? I'm definitely being honest with you. Okay. I'm definitely I just don't want you to hold back anything because the fear of something happening to you regarding drug use or something. Right. Right. That's not why we're here. Right. Okay. Right. We're not going to go blab your mom. Right. Okay. Right. No. We don't, we don't do that. Right. Okay. All right. About, what do you know about Jacob? Jacob, um, from what I know about him, he's a really nice guy. I've been over to his house a few times. He just watched TV. Uh, he wasn't smoking at the time. He smoked, but he wasn't smoking at the time. When did you meet him? Probably about three months ago. Four months ago. And Javi about the same, or was it longer? Uh, probably a, a little bit before I met Jacob, probably a few weeks. Okay. And Becky started going out with him? Okay. What's their relationship like? Very, very simple. Very simple. You know, he didn't really mind what she was doing, as long as, you know. As far as what? As long as, you know, if he called her, she was with me, she would just say, you know, whatever, he showed that he trusted her. Really I mean, did they, did they hang out very often? Yeah, they hung out when she got off work. Sometimes, you know, she'd stay there. 
And stay with her when she... After her... She got up for like, what, three or four in the morning? Right. Okay, so a lot of times she'd go to Jacob's house, not Javi's house? Sometimes Jacob, sometimes Javi. Okay. Did Javi ever go with them to Jacob's house? Okay. Is Jacob and Javi ever related somehow? Yeah, they're cousins. Okay. Do they have a pretty good relationship with each other? Do they hang out together? Yes. Okay. Um, what else do you know about Jacob? That's basically all I know. I know that he goes to COD. Um, I've only known him a few times. But nothing. So is it like when Becky's hanging out with those guys, you're not really hanging out a whole lot, or? Right. Why is that? Um, we always, it, 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 we had the years, it was always weird that we were friends. We're completely opposite people. I'm very realistic. I don't, uh, Becky always always been kind of like a wonderland. She never, you know, she never wanted to hear anything bad or anything and we're just completely different people. So her other friend, usually, I just wanted to get along with, so I didn't even try. We just had a, a good relationship together. I don't know it's just the Do you know of any arguments or fights that Becky had with Jacob? Yeah, no. I know one time um, she said that they got in an argument, but that he apologized, and it was over. When when was that? Maybe about two weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago. Before the fire? Yes. Okay. Did she ever talk to you about anything that may have happened between the two of them, like less than a week before the fire? Um, they did uh, break up. How come they broke up? She... Um, she still liked him. She told me she still liked him and everything, but she was just way too busy with everything else to have a boyfriend. So she broke up with him? Yeah. And, like, and that's why? She just didn't feel like she had the time for him? or Right. She always had a boyfriend. That wasn't always good. Right. There's, there's not a time in her life <laughs> that she didn't have one. I think that's probably one of the other siblings and they went out there. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, that was my foot, sorry. Um, what did Javi tell you about what he did Sunday? Um, he told nothing. All I told was that he was supposed to go up there. I think he went and hung out with Jacob instead. Or Bell, he hung out with Bell too. So you don't know for sure what he did? He said he was supposed to, or he wanted to go up there, he was supposed he to? Was, or? Um, he asked her if he wanted to. And the author was there, she didn't And when did he tell you this? Since the fire, obviously. Okay. Who's, uh, do you know somebody named Gray? Oh, yes, it's the next person. What's his deal? Um, uh, he smokes. I know that, but so that's, but that's all I know about him. Have you ever met him? Uh, once, but not through, not through Becky. Just through knowing people in the valley before she went out with him. Is Gray his first name? And Gray is his first name. Yeah. How, is he white, black, Hispanic? 
How old is he? Um, I think he's 23. Around 23. Do you know where he lives? Do you have a phone number for him? Um, I don't, but I do uh, have a friend that went out with him too. She too would tell me where. What's her name? Ashley Webb. Okay. Um, has there ever been a time where has Becky ever talked to you about maybe any problems that her mom or John were having with anybody? No. Um, you know, you said that John used to get his weed from Becky. Yeah. Okay. You don't know if he ever bought weed from anybody else or? Uh, he didn't. He didn't know anyone else. He didn't. It, it was just recently, probably this last year today. Smoking together. She actually got him back into smoking. So he wasn't smoking up until about a year ago? Okay. Okay. Have you heard or do you know anybody with the last name of like Ellis or Hines? Uh, Ellis. Tim, Tim Ellis. And Billy Ellis is uh, the girl that told Janelle that her parents told her about the phone. Okay. So Kim called. Kim called you here. Or? Um, no, Kim called Janelle. Janelle and Janelle called me. Okay, well, do you know Kim at all? I know her from elementary school and middle school and high school, but we didn't know anything else. And her last name is Ellis. Ellis. Okay. And she has a brother named Jared Ellis. Jared. Mm-hmm. How old is she? She's um, 18. Okay. You've met her before? Yes. Do you know what school she went to? Palm High School. And she has a brother Jared? Yes. And they both live in the city at Carnage. They live together? No. But they both live there? Yes. I think they live across from each other. Okay. Okay. Do you know anybody by the name of, last name of Hines? No? Do you know what Tim's parents' names are? Her mom is named Kendall. And she works at the Death and Beyond, and uh, I don't know her dad's name. Do you know her parents? Um, yes. What kind of people are they? Um, about the same as, you know, just from what I know of, what I've met, just seem really nice, humble people. They live up in the mountains there, there's horses. It seems the people that live up there are sitting at the street by themselves. Mm-hmm. Alright. How old is Jared? Is he just, I'm sure he's about 17, I think. Probably 16 or 17. Is he still going to school then, probably? I think so, yeah. He may be a senior or just graduated from this last class. From um, Palm Desert, probably? Or? Okay. What's the deal with, um, 
like Bo and um, Nick, the way was up in Pinion. Um, I know that a guy that was up in Pinion. I know nothing about him. I've never met him. Okay. I've met Bo once, but I know nothing about him. What's Bo's deal? Uh, well, I've met him once, and uh, it was only for a few minutes. So I was awesome. I can't really make a judgment of him. How long ago was it you met him? Um, probably about a month ago. Okay, is he like a new friend of Becky's or? Um, as far as I know, I never really heard him t- heard talk about him until recently. Okay, and that's not something that you ever saw at school or? No. Do you know what school you went to? No. Is anybody? In Becky's group of friends, or has Becky ever mentioned anything to you about maybe um, somebody growing some weed or finding a big plant cultivation thing going on? And um, I think that she was um, that she was wanting to grow weed at her house. Okay. But. Um, I think she said she tried and a gopher and it up or something and that was a lot. You know, you never saw what she was doing? No. I know that, that she wanted to. How long ago was that? Probably about, she first told me about that probably about four months ago. And she was like going it outside or? Yeah. Did she ask anybody how to do it or, you know? No, um, I think John knew how to do it. Her stuff there. Okay. But as far as you know, they never got anything going? Yeah. They what? They they tried. They attempted to, but it didn't work out. And I also don't know if um, if John maybe two months before, I mean, I'm sure he did, you know, maybe in the past, but I knew that being 18 was a big deal for him. So I don't think anything, they didn't start smoking until I was growing until she was 18. Okay. What um have you heard any like rumors going around about what happened up there? Yeah, I've heard a hundred. Like what have you heard? Um that that he was beat to death, that their bodies were chopped up and pieces or parts were everywhere. Who's saying that? Um, I heard that um, from up the mountains when I went up there. Today? Today. From neighbors or? Yeah. Javi stopped by. Um, I went up there with Javi, and he stopped by someone's house that I just did in the car. What time did you guys go up there today? We went up there when he was done talking to you. So I could look on my phone to see what time he saw. It was after that, though? After you talked to us, you yeah, guys went up there? They told him yesterday to take me up there. He yeah. didn't know how to get up the hill, but just not to hill. You haven't been there yet until today? Yeah. Have you never been to her house? No, I've, I've been to her house plenty of times, but just getting gotcha. to her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't been there since the fire, because it's the right. first time since the fire. Yeah. Can you think of anybody that would want to hurt Becky? 
No, not not in that. She did have a lot of people that you know didn't like her, but nothing. Is that more school drama stuff? Yeah. More definitely more school drama. People would make fun of her because she didn't have enough clothes or you know she was different, but she would definitely stand up for herself mm-hmm. and talk about nothing less or less of them like her. They weren't expecting someone you know to come back right. with something to say, but no, nothing serious. Nothing to where somebody would want to go up there and do what they did. What other rumors have you heard? Have you heard any rumors from any any of like Javi's friends or Becky's friends or? No, um, I heard that, that they were shot. That who said that? Um, someone at school was saying. And my, my I graduated the next day afterwards, and someone saying I heard that they were shot, and I was like. I don't know. You graduated from where? From uh, international school. And somebody at your school knew that? Yeah. Or well, said that? Yeah, they, well, it was just, you know, starting to come up. So. Did Javi mention that to you? And I'm sure he did. I think he said that too. Yeah. Did he say where he heard it from? No. What else have you heard? Uh, not much. I really try to stay away from it. I know that supposedly the desert sun was posting up stories or something, but just that, uh, just that kind of stuff, but, you know, they were shot or they could do that. And as far as these places where Becky's been to buy weed. You were there once, but you don't know who it is, or and is that something you would tell me? We're not going to go that, bust them. I mean, no, just, that's, you know, that's definitely something I was talking. Definitely. I mean, maybe if I had her phone and I would look through things, it would probably, you know, name pop up or something. I want to say Mike, but there's really no. It's definitely not for sure. I think I heard it from Mike. Yeah, what was Gray's girlfriend's name again? Uh, Before? Ashley Wood. Did Becky have a super hiding place up in the area where she would hide something? Um, yeah, she had, um, I, I wouldn't know where they were if I was up there, but she did have, like, two little, when she was little, she'd go in them because she used to have problems with John when she was little. She didn't like John, they fought a lot. And one time she told me that he pushed her into a cactus. But besides that, nothing, you know, abusive or, you know, but lately she said that they got along great. But she felt really close to him and, that they go around. They stay up and talk. So they probably want to know it well. But when she was little, I knew she'd go and she'd be mad at her mom and she'd go stay in that street house. That's, you know, that's your little like two spots. Okay, but was there something, a place where she could hide her personal possessions, something that was important to her? She hide somewhere? Not in the ground? Personal possessions, not that I know of. Earlier, you mentioned something about 
uh, Becky saying something about Brian Young and right. tell me about that. Um, she always had this thing about that like it always seems like she she watched somebody that wasn't necessarily close to her, but like her massage therapist, her, you know, this and that and she'd be very upset about it. And I'd always talk to her about it and I'm a very realistic person about that and I'd say, you know, it's a natural thing, you know, it's gonna happen to everyone and she sure that she was scared because she felt like she never saw herself getting old. She never saw an older version. But she really, really felt like she was going to die, yeah. And then she felt like she was gonna die in the fire because she was always burning herself. How would she do that? Uh, lighter, hot water, stove. It was like she was attracted to heat. It really was. Anything, she would break herself on it. When she was little, she did talk with grief all down the front of where she had like a very permanent scar. I know that she got worked on a few times. Right. And um, But every day, boiling water in the sink, she would put her finger under it. You know, why would you put your finger in it? I don't know what she did. And then she put her finger under it on purpose? Yeah, but it wasn't like to burn. Like it's like she didn't realize that she doesn't know it's hot, and it's almost like it doesn't even affect her anymore. When she up and she was always being burned. Always. Did she? Did you ever see her? You know, like some people, um, some people like you know cut themselves for attention, or right. did she ever do anything like that? Yeah, burning? Uh, not with burning. She used to cut herself okay. in high school, but. Definitely not burning. She didn't like it. She was afraid. How old was she when she was cutting herself? Um, it was our sophomore year, I think. So. Did you talk to her about that? Yeah, she would call me. What was she saying? Um, people just no one liked her. She didn't have any friends. I was only friends, and um, she didn't get along with anyone. She felt really alone. She was felt like. Do you know any girls named Danielle? Danielle. I do not know a girl named Danielle, but Drew called me and said if I knew, asked me if I knew Danielle because of a message on my chest. Okay. Did she tell you what the message said? Yeah. Okay. Knowing what the message said, who would send that to her? I mean, she's obviously talking about a guy. You know, the I, I'm guessing Robert. Robert's um, ex-girlfriend. That's the only one I would say. And what's her name again? Either, I think it's Sarah. Sarah or Katie. I, I, I don't you know other last names? No. I don't know. Did you go to school with them or? Uh, I went to school with Robert. But you don't know Sarah Katie? Who would know them? Um, Besides Robert? No one would know Sarah Katie. Javi. Javi knows Sarah Katie? Oh, Javi knows, yeah, his uh, girlfriend, uh, whoever she is. His girlfriend, girlfriend. Uh, no, who else you thinking? 
Uh, what can you tell me about Corey? Corey? Yeah, you know Corey? Corey Diamond? Corey Diamond? No. Do you have a cell phone, right? Yeah. Do um, you have a lot of people's names and phone numbers in it? Uh, yeah. Can I look at it? Get to your um, that's your phone book. Um, man, we don't know a lot of the same people that. Can we have a look here? Um, all right, all right. I got to learn how to go back. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think there's a way that if you um, go like this, it's just if you hit the side button, it's just like one thing in that. Can you remember that is? It kind of looks familiar. Hold it back. I want to Can you spell your last name for me? Sure. R I P P E T O. Oh, how do you pronounce that? Scripture. This is a home number here, a home phone number. Did you guys talk with me in hot air? What else? Did you guys talk with anyone else? Any other phone number? I don't know. I know that we, we did stop by someone's house, but I didn't know anyone at the moment besides him. What was he doing up there? Um, I, I, I know that he had some friends up there. Yeah. Oh, you should just change it. You got a call? Uh, Maybe yeah, stopping at someone's house for a purpose? Um, no, I think he was just, um, his friend's parents. There was someone's first parents who was talking about to say thank you for something. I don't know, I don't know what else they phone.
Did Becky mention to you anything about meeting anybody new, like in the last week or two? Did she ever mention anything to you about something strange happening to her or feel like she's being followed or like maybe she was at the mall and got like a funny feeling? Or? Well, we were at Target. She was like, we were in the lane. She was like, let's go. And I was like, okay. She's like, I just don't want to be here. I just don't feel comfortable with stuff. After you guys went mine? Uh, no, we were in the car section. We were just walking through. So I know she was like, let's go. I'm ready to go. What was the deal with that? What was there? I, I thought it was I thought it was a little odd that she'd been acting kind of quiet the last few days. She was here. So she took it off? No, she Was it normal for her to do that? Um, at times, you know. Uh, I always figured it was because she was tired or you know, her did um did she get any phone calls from anybody while she was with you? No. None? What about from my mom or John? Okay. Do you think any of her friends are capable of doing something like this? No. Not that I... I didn't really hang out with any of her friends. And we talked more just about, you know, my father brother. What about Javi? Uh, just Javi. Do you think she's capable of doing something like this? No. Why, why do you say no? Because, um, yeah, she seems to have a really... By the way, how upset... I mean, I'm sure, you know, I believe it, you know, you can't tell him how upset he is in the way that, you know, he's just, a, at first I was questionable about it, but he was really just ready to write, you know, he really just seems respectful. Mm-hmm. He always opens up the door for any girl. Mm-hmm. He always, he's just a very respectful person, respectful to a woman. He's always talking to him with respect, you know, I feel did. Has there been any um, any type of any altercations at any parties recently that you guys have been at where Becky was or I didn't I didn't party with Becky. I I, I hung out with Becky but You wouldn't go to like a party where her friends were? Yeah. Okay. It was very spontaneous. Very spontaneous. Anything, basically anything he said she was down for. Mm-hmm. He wanted to leave in the middle of the night to go hours away to go hang out, she would. <laughs> anything. Okay. I think. All right. You have any questions for us right now? And besides, I know my mom wants to know if we have anything we need to worry about. Yeah, and why is there anything I need to worry about? As far as like somebody coming to hurt you guys? Yeah. Um, well, I don't think so. Okay. You know, unless you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing on a big scale. Yeah. Okay. 
shot now, okay, somebody comes up and says, you know, they said she was beaten also, okay, somebody comes up and says that, you know, I heard she was stabbed or, you know, something like that, okay, anything, anything about her or what happened up there, okay, um, and like, you know, some people, when things like this happen, if they don't know her real well, you know, they may joke about saying oh with me even if you think they're joking okay but people that know her wouldn't but you know other people would like people send emails me an email right that's just you know i mean do you guys have a way to find out about you know that this is just automatic you know right there mm-hmm. i have I really don't have any explanation of why Cindy could be Robert. I really don't have any genuine, con- but I did have a bad feeling from, from the beginning. And then once I thought of Robert, the thought of Robert can't come out of my mind. But I don't have any, it's almost like, you know, she wants me to stay a struggle. I want to say as weird as that sounds, mm-hmm. but I have a really hard feeling about Robert. Because I know that Harvey talked to Robert, and he said that he didn't too much said it all when he talked to him. And I know people handle things differently. Right. Like he just didn't care. He didn't have any concern at all. How would he know Robert? He just, you don't really like him and never... I just didn't never... Just met him a few times. Never hung out with him. Met him a few times, like when he was back here. Right, but he was stop by his house. A little cool, so. When she was with you? Yeah. All right. Um... What do you know about, um, you know, Chuck, I guess? Uh, Chuck? Yeah. Yeah. I know that he, um, he takes, he helps them out a lot, but he had a crush on, or at least that's what he was talking about, uh, he had a crush on her mom for a long time, was in love with her, and if anything, he just wanted to help her with the kids. That's what. So do you know Tiffany? Yeah. What do you know about her? Um, her and, um, but he wasn't really getting along. I know that. Okay. Um, Bertie just says she's really selfish. And Becky used to live with her, right? Yeah. Okay. What? How was how were things when Becky was living with her? And most of the fine time, most of the time fine. But I know that uh, Becky would get on people's nerves. She was compulsive. Or, Becky was on people's nerves? Yeah. And she would want to do her things her way. She loved her nephew a lot. And a lot of times she'd be in a fight over her nephew. Mm-hmm. Did she ever say anything about Tiffany? Not besides that she wasn't getting along with her. Or that she didn't want to see her. I know that her cousin, she was telling me actually that last day that her cousin had a baby. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to go up there 
Um, why did you move from up there? Back to Santa Clarita? Yeah, why did you move from Santa Clarita back down here? Um, because her and Tiffany were fighting. About what? Uh, I think about Nathan. Matthew. It wasn't about something about Becky's dad. Possibly. What are you thinking? I, I remember her saying something about her dad. I just can't remember what. Well, it was a pretty big deal. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. I remember her telling me something about her dad. You remember the thing about, the book ever talked to you about, um, Tiffany making allegations against her dad? Oh, Tiffany um, said that uh, that she was raped by him when she was little. I believe that was it. Okay. Yeah. And did that upset Becky? Um, yes, I did, because she said that was ridiculous, that she knows absolutely not. That would not happen. Is that about the same time Becky moved from there? Yeah. You know if that's why? Um, I would guess. You know, I know she's having problems with her and uh, Nathan, too. So she's having problems before that and then... Okay. Did Becky tell you why she thought Tiffany may do that? For attention. From who? Attention from... She just showed she thought she liked attention. And she wanted to make people feel bad for her for no reason. Attention. Loving kind of person. That's what she was saying. Okay. Anything else for you? No. Um, she wanted to have your mom real quick. And okay. I think she was just asking. She was just going to ask you some question I asked. I can get her to watch. Sure. Yeah. It's going to be okay. cool. NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Edited by Kelly Barron's Brink and sound engineered by Shane Yoder. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. All of our fonts across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design, and you can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, TruthAndJusticePod.com where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Kay Woodyomnik, Ginger Fiola, Erica Cantor, Danielle Rohr, Jennifer Ford, Courtney Wimberly, and Melissa Cardenas. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in several ways. To financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. 
For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. And I can be found personally on all forms of social media at BobRuffTruth. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. 